Hello, and welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carrie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Carter Laren. And hello, Carter. Today's... I wasn't sure if Beverly was going to put me on the screen or if I had to do that manually. It was unclear. I haven't done the intro in a while. Today's Monday, October 11th, and this is a live show we do Mondays and Fridays. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Um... And I'm reporting from an undisclosed location, so... It's yes. the Wi-Fi here seems to be working fine. I think we'll be fine. You're clearer than you are from your disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whatever you're doing at the undisclosed location is better than what you do normally. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as a reminder, you can go to unsafespace.com to watch the show because we sometimes get suspended from our YouTube channel. But everything is always at unsafespace.com, so you can go there to watch the live stream. We're also on Utreon and Odyssey. And I don't know, both and both Utreon and Odyssey have some sort of super chat thing, as does YouTube. Sorry, go ahead. What? And if you're audio only, you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to our podcasts, including iTunes, where if you leave a review, we'll, we we're, might read it. <laughs> we occasionally do that. We have book Carrie club coming up. Let's I might read it. We have book club coming up on Sunday, October 24th. And this month we're doing nonfiction. We're doing Texit. So if you're interested in learning about the history of secession and any possibility of Texas seceding, you can join us October 24th. You still have time to read it. It's by Daniel Miller. And you can find out more info at unsafespace.com backslash book club. It's always free to join and participate. Yes. And the book after that is one of Carrie's favorites. We're going back to fiction. Uh, the month after, we're doing The Handmaid's Tale, Margaret Atwood. This is a great opportunity to read this book if you haven't read it, so you can explain to social justice ideologues why the TV show gets, it, why it's wrong, <laughs> why how it gets it wrong. <laughs> yeah, because they oh, haven't right, well, read it. They've only watched the show, and then they show up at all these women's, like there was some women's, you know, the women's rally recently. I oh, forgot sure. about the and they all show up in their handmade outfits and i'm i'm just i don't know i'm appalled i know they haven't read it <laughs> or they don't care or they don't and care. they're just they might just be appropriating it for their own use uh, yeah not that they have a history of doing that at all but in this case huh. it might be one of those isolated incidents where they're appropriating something they're cool appropriating something they don't know anything about yeah, hmm. yeah. <laughs> um thank you all who support the show financially by the way by uh, they do it by going to unsafepage.com slash support, or donate, or whatever. So thank, thank you. you. And thank you for pressing the subscribe button. Um, it does need – actually, the subscribe button needs a booster jab. So if you want to go give it a booster, <laughs> now's the time. Fauci recommends booster jabs for the subscribe button. So uh, <laughs> all right. I don't even know. I mean, Carrie – Apparently, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> Columbus Day. Isn't we used to call this Columbus Day? Now it's uh, been appropriated. Okay. <laughs> you know, I am. I'm. I'm all right. I don't want to start with a rant, so I'm gonna take a deep breath. I am sick and tired of worshiping savagery. I am tired of it. There have been cultures throughout history which are 
more savage than even the savage European cultures, which had a lot of savage components. We continue as a human species to evolve and maybe stop killing people and cutting off their hands or enslaving people. That's progress of the human species and that's all good and that should be celebrated. But I find it disgusting the, the, that Europe is categorized as essentially evil and Native Americans are categorized as essentially like a Disney Pocahontas movie in unison with nature where nothing ever bad happens. Uh, it is disgusting, it's, it's inaccurate, it's, it's absolutely despicable. Yes, Europeans did bad things. Guess what? So did Native Americans. There was cannibalism, slavery, torture, and frankly, lack of any kind of science at all, which is how you're surviving today. So the, the idea, I'm not saying vilify modern yeah. Native Americans any more than I'm saying vilify modern Europeans. Like no one alive today is responsible for any of this, but to look at the, the cultures and raise up one historically in contrast to the other, to the other in, when in such a backwards way is absolutely disgusting. And I'm fucking tired of it. I'm tired of like, let's worship savages. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay. You're only alive because of medicine. You're only alive because of the scientific method. You're only alive because of European science. I'm sorry. That's what it, you're, that's why you're alive. They're, uh, they're also usually tweeting their outrage from a smartphone, from a nice apartment or house with Wi-Fi oh. and modern technology. And yeah, but they're outraged. Um, I'm going to say something interesting. Sorry, just... That's okay. You've already done three swear jars and it's not even five minutes in. Should <laughs> I go get my swear jar pin? So like, yeah. I... Yeah. Um, so I think I told you this. I did tell you this in a previous episode my husband's been reading all these texas history books and one of the ones he was reading is really interesting it's about the comanches and they were amazing they were one of the fiercest tribes but they were not the peaceful disney stereotype that you're talking about at all they were like the most savage and they would do things that uh you couldn't imagine that humans could do to survive because they had lived and they lived out in these plains they would go into these areas to get away from um the the like they would go in and and conquer these other tribes and uh, uh, settlers and and then they would go back into these plains that were basically unlivable, and if they had to, they would. This is one thing he read in one of the books. If there was if there was no rain for a long time, in order not to die of thirst, they would cut open stump their their horses' stomachs and drink the liquid from inside. <laughs> I mean, look. <laughs> Here's the thing about ancient societies. I think actually it's worth giving people like the Comanches their due for being badasses. Like, look, there there was a lot more violence in human history. People, both whites and non-whites, uh, grew by conquering each other. Like, they conquered. That's what they did. They had a lot of violence. It, it, like, it took a long time for us to figure out, like, oh, murder is bad, which I know sounds ridiculous, but... You know, we always had a carve out for, well, if you're murdering the people from the other city, that's fine. Like, so, yeah, I I yeah. think I think we should like you can respect their badassery and be like, yeah, they were pretty badass. That's pretty cool. Some of them were really badass, but I mean, they weren't Disney movies. 
Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. The woke, the woke, uh, you know how they, they try and they basically try and recreate, like redefine history and erase certain parts of history. And they're, they're trying to feed us a story that's not true about all aspects of history. And they, what they're doing is not just demonizing. Uh, it's not just racist in that it's demonizing white people and, and what they call uh, whiteness when they're grouping all these different cultures together and calling it whiteness, um, they're doing that. But they're also at the same time, think about what they're doing to all the different Native American tribes. They're actually stripping them of their history and their, the in some cases, their badassery <laughs> yeah. and their savagery. Right. And they're grouping them all together as one, like you said, Disney stereotype, peaceful Disney stereotype. And that's insulting. Yeah, I would be insulted. It's exactly what they get pissed it's about. Like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly what they get pissed about when people would say the words like Asian or Oriental or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, you're you're grouping everyone in, like China's different from Japan and different from Korea. And yeah, sure, that's true. So why are you doing it to Native Americans? Yeah, history is so much more interesting than what you're trying to reduce Native American culture to anyway. You're trying to reduce it to something that's really boring and flat and false. And and you know, I don't know. It's if any it. it, it yeah. Anyway, this is what they always do, though. They do this with everything. I know. I know. And you know what? You know what set me <laughs> off this morning is I saw someone had a tweet that said on this day in 1492. I'm not going to say who it was because I don't want to push their Twitter account, but it's like a normie. On this day in 1492, America discovered smallpox, racism, slavery, and the Bible. Hashtag Columbus Day. And I just thought to myself, okay. <laughs> I could go and argue each one of those. I mean, okay, they did discover the Bible and probably smallpox, not that there weren't diseases that, you know, other people introduced to the Europeans, but okay, fine. Yeah. Racism is bad because it's anti-individualism. They already had the equivalent of racism in which is yeah. tribalism and like, yeah, ethnic, they did. like ethnic cleansing going on, right? Slavery, they already had that. They had slavery, torture, cannibalism, all that stuff. So... You know, Columbus didn't bring they that are to the Americas. Yeah, but the thing that I, I don't even kind of want to argue all those points. I, what I want to say is the thing that's not an accurate distillation of Europe. Like, like, oh, the summary of what like you're going to look at everything that Europe has done. And and by the way, uh, England ended slavery around the world. So. Thank, by the way, thanks for Pirate Tomsky sent me some videos on that. But like, look, you're going to take this hugely complex and successful culture that actually has brought us a lot of value and saved countless human lives. Yes, killed a bunch of people as well, because that's what humans do. But and you're going to distill it to smallpox, racism, slavery in the Bible. That's the distillation of, yeah. of this. And that's that's how you're going to characterize it. Try characterizing Go ahead and characterize indigenous people in the same way. Yeah. Right. You'd be banned from Twitter immediately if you said hashtag indigenous people's day. And you just mentioned, you know, cannibalism and torture and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So right. I have to say something quickly since it is Columbus Day and you're talking about the way that social justice warriors rewrite history. I've told you this before, but you may not remember this detail. You know, back when I was a avid social justice ugh, zombie. <laughs> um, I think we talked about this in the interview we did with David Raboy. So a lot of 
a lot of woke people, the ones that you see outraged online all the time on social media and on Twitter and who and who steer things culturally, even though it's probably a small minority of people, but because they're so loud and they have so much cultural power, they've actually they've changed. Look at how much power they've wielded. Look at how effective they've been. They've changed culture. They've changed institutions. They've changed the media, academia. They've infected the Democratic Party. They're infecting the Republican Party now. They're, uh, it's, it just spreads like a virus. They spend time not just online complaining and forming outrage mobs. They go into Wikipedia. And we know this. They change, they change definitions. But on Wikipedia, right. they change history. And I used to do this. And one of the entries that I remember that I spent time editing was Christopher Columbus entry on Wikipedia. I was one of the first people that introduced there's a whole section on criticism. I was just looking at it. It's really grown. It's huge now, but I was one of the first people that was updating and including, I went through and cherry picked things from history. So I could have a section on his brutality and his racism and it's just huge now. And yeah, may I call both? Not that those things aren't true, but it's like, they want to skew. I'll tell you from the mindset, from what I thought I was doing, was I thought I was helping by painting an accurate portrayal of a more accurate portrayal of history. And I did view history as a social justice warrior. I had been indoctrinated to, to view the world as this very black and white, like we're talking about white people are bad. They're the oppressors. Men are bad. They're the oppressors. Once Christopher Columbus got here, it was all about oppression and brutality. It wasn't about that before. And we need to change Wikipedia to reflect that so we have an accurate representation. If I had still been woke during the 1619 project, I would have been all over that stuff. Sure. Pushing that version of history, sure. you know? And they think they're doing good when they're doing this. They think it's like, they don't think of it as recreating history. They think they're they're giving people, for the first time, they're giving the dumb plebes who aren't woke yet, they're, they're giving them the the more accurate the truth. story. Yeah. 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 And and I want to be clear. I do think we should be aware of the racism and brutality. We should. Yes. Europeans. Yes. And I think we should be aware of everyone's brutality and anti-individualism, yeah. whether it's racism or, or you know, anti-ethnicities or or whatever. Like we should be aware of it. But if you become aware of that and you treat it honestly, you very quickly realize the entire fucking world was like <laughs> Oh my God, the entire world was a brutal hellhole for a really long time. And what we are living in now is an anomaly. It is unusual. Yeah, unusual. I think to be clear, I don't think there's anything wrong with make like becoming aware of the brutality that Christopher Columbus engaged in. Or I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What what I what I think what I was doing back then that's wrong is I had a simplistic and an error-filled narrative that I was trying to push. And I believed in it, but it was wrong. And so to try and right. sell people a narrative that says um, the world has been a place of brutality and oppression because of this race right. of people and because of this sex, because of men, that, that's just simplistic and it's wrong. And that's not... that's. You're not doing any. You're you're not doing anyone a service by selling them a lie. And I would argue that, uh, in terms of modern slavery, 
Uh, you could blame a woman. Her name is Hillary Clinton. Uh, sl uh, Open-air slave trading returned to Libya after uh, her pushing for the coup. So thanks for bringing slavery back, Hillary Clinton. Um, I, I just There's one thing. Someone said in chat that Canada outlawed slavery before the UK. I'm not talking about Britain. I'm not talking about the English outlawing slavery in England. The English spent their resources and lives and energy ending slavery for everyone else around the world. They went and and blockaded slave trade ships in West Africa. Like they went and spent resources and time ending slavery, other people's slavery. They made it hard to be a slave trader. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk accurately about the history of slavery, you should talk accurately about how it was ended around the world. And that discussion should end in thank you, England. <sighs> Sorry. Let's start Let's with super some chats. super Maybe chats and yeah, Pep yeah. up. We have to reset Carter. He's already went into a rant and, and then into I'm a really, side. It, it really angers okay. me because I know. like, ah. It's okay. I get it. You have a right to be angry about it. It's a, it's a, it's a bastardization of history that's happening. Well, uh, and it's used and it's being used. Let's be clear. It is being used to destroy anything good left in Western yeah. civilization. It's being used to destroy yes. the individualism and reason and anything left in Western civilization that's worth hanging on to. This crap is being used to destroy it. That's what angers me the most. It's not inaccuracy of history. Yeah, that's annoying, but it's this is their weapon. This is their weapon that by which they are destroying the Western world. It is. I'm sorry. I got distracted. See, the Super Chats have already... Uh have already picked me up. Drunk 3PO is in the chat. Hail Drunk 3PO. <laughs> Drunk 3PO. <laughs> he gave us right. a super chat. <laughs> just I'm his name. How how can you be, you gotta come out of your anger. Just hearing that name is really funny. Drunk 3PO is here. Mm. Um, I don't know how far back they go. I'm gonna start with this one and then you can do any of the ones I, I don't see. Okay. Christopher Gorey, hello, sir. How are you? He says, the other night, attorney Nick Raketa said he thinks there that uh, he thinks it will be the next generation that finds itself in a quote, bloody revolution, his words in this country. I say much sooner thoughts, Carter and Carrie. Well, I certainly hope that things don't become bloody, but if it does happen that way, if there is going to be a lot of physical conflict, I think, I actually think he might be right. I think, I don't think it's going to be much sooner. I think he might be right. I think, I think because things are accelerating so fast right now, we, we think it's going to keep at this rate, but I don't think so. I think then things tend to ebb and flow and we're going to hit another patch where we feel like, okay, things are going to stay here for a while. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of think it'll be the next generation. I would agree with him. I don't know I'm about not you. Sure. I, I don't know what next generation means. Uh, like the next generation after Gen X is like my kid being born now. I'm not sure what next generation actually means. Yes. Your so kid being born now. That's what I would say. Um, well, it'll definitely happen in her lifetime. Absolutely. Right. Um, I don't think there's going to be a bloody revolution, actually. That, that's, that's my problem with that statement. Oh, I don't think that's oh, going to happen. Interesting. No, I think, I think 
Uh, I think actually separation is likely. That might lead to a bloody war, but it won't be a revolution. No one's going to like, no one on the, I, I think very few people can get energized about going and taking over Washington. I mean, the January well, 6th thing, uh, the, the representations of it as an insurrection, notwithstanding, I don't think there's a lot of energy to do that. Well, actually, I agree with you. If, if we're going to be specific about words, I think some people use that word play revolution without really thinking about what they mean. I think you're right. I think it's more likely to be a separation and then some kind of bloody conflict. Yeah. As yeah. Some kind of separation. And then, uh, like you're trying to break up want, but you're trying to break up with a cluster B girlfriend. It's like fatal attraction. And you're trying to break up with yeah, a cluster close. B. You're trying to break yeah. up with close. <laughs> and they're <laughs> and like, the rabbit's going to be boiling. Or I will not be ignored, Dan. <laughs> you will not leave. I will not be ignored, Texas. Yeah. You will not yeah. leave me. Yeah, so that that's that's how I imagine if there were violence, that's how I imagine it would go because um, I certainly wouldn't advocate for any kind of violence. I would advocate for a peaceful separation. And I think it's I think it's the easiest thing to get most people on board with. Hey, let's peacefully separate. Let's let you know. Let's let there be some sort of secession somewhere. Um, and uh, how that goes after that, I don't know. But I don't think we're I don't think that would happen within 10 years. I think that's beyond 10 year time frame. It's, I do too. I think it's beyond 10 years. I think you have time to prepare is what I'm saying. If it does happen in our lifetime, I think we'll be pretty old. So I want to get prepared yeah. now. <laughs> and, yeah. you know. I have a lot of kids and train them well so that they can defend you in your old age. In your old age. <laughs> so you can. I'll be 80 on, on the porch the, with the a shotgun. Chair and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, let's read some more of these. Uh, yeah, do do Mandy's. She's got two in a Mandy row. Mandy says, uh, "Shut up, Carter." Thank you, Mandy, for that for paying money to say that. To say that. And then, and then later, uh, she says, "Sorry, Carter. I'm just trying to save you and Carrie from another ban." By the way, the critical drinker is the only YouTuber who says my last name correctly. Mandy bot. How it's not hard to say bot. No, it's. I know. How, I, how do you say that? Caravicius. Caravicius. I don't know. Tell, tell us. Put down, Mandy. Put in your uh, phonetic spelling and we'll say it. Fina City Cycling. Hello, sir. We got to meet Fina City Cycling at our retreat. Yep. Says, any day now the same crowd will cancel evil Europeans, Hegel, Rousseau, Marx, etc. Not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Hey, did you know... Marx had servants and got his servant pregnant and then kicked her out of the house. What a what a classist. Oh, wait. No, we can't say that. He's a white guy, too. Can't say that. Uh, JB. Hello, Jay. Says Scott Horton versus Bill Crystal <laughs> Savagery. <laughs> I, I did see that debate. Uh, I like Scott Horton. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know what that is, but. They had a recent debate on whether, I forget exactly the wording of the premise, but it was something to the effect of uh, should the U.S. be engaging in foreign conflict for its own interest, basically, or should like, and Scott was saying, hey, we should stop meddling. And Bill Crystal, of course, was doing the standard kind of neocon. Well, we made some mistakes. Mistakes were made in the Middle East, but, you know. He's one of those people that I wasn't very, like David French and Bill Crystal, I wasn't very familiar with either of them because I, I wasn't a conservative. And I just right. didn't usually I'll explain how it is in the leftist echo chamber. You might get the message from the leftist echo chamber media and, and the, from the top down that 
that certain people are bad, like Ben Shapiro or whoever, you get that message for sure. Steven Crowder, I got that message. But you don't actually engage with any of their content. You don't know much about them. And then there are others that you barely hear their name mentioned, probably because they're not leftists don't consider them a threat like David French. (laughs) (laughs) So you never even get the memo not to engage. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't know who Bill Crystal and David French are because because they're they're not enemies. Exactly. They're relevant. (laughs) The leftists don't care about them. They don't view them as threats. So I I don't know very much about them at all. And so now that I in the past few years, you know, since I've been trying to learn more um, what I have learned about them is, is yeah, they're sort of, anytime I hear their name, they're making some kind of woke argument or some kind of, uh, neocon, neoliberal. Yeah. They're not what kind of deep state is great. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David French is, I mean, the more I learn about him, I'm shocked. He calls himself. He, he's, he's just, he's just a part of the woke movement. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you're reminding me of this. Michael Malice the other day tweeted that Reason was the CNN of the libertarian movement, which I love. It's so <laughs> accurate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these these guys, the neocons, you know, he had the standard neocon arguments about. Uh, yeah. The weird thing is, uh, all of Bill Crystal's arguments are under, they're, they're kind of... Um, rely on foundationally this idea that we need to spread to democracy that like we have to be crusaders for a particular system of government and ideology and um that sounds like a religious cause, person cause, but cause with it's our government. job he's a yeah, religious yeah yeah and all right maybe, maybe this is a tangent but it's been something i've been thinking about recently and and uh this is a good opportunity to just mention it it's not generosity when you use other people's sons and money. Like if you have a problem with how something is going and you want to go save people somewhere and you use your own resources to save them and you get volunteers, that could be generous and heroic. But when you loop other people in by force, steal their money and forcefully send their children to war, you're not being generous. You're not a hero. You're a scumbag is what you are. You're a fucking scumbag. You're not a you're not a generous generous people don't say steal this guy to help these people cuz this these people are my cause. That's not generosity. That's the opposite of generosity. Generosity is you care about that cause, you put your own skin in the game and only your own skin and anyone who wants to volunteer with you. That that is noble, but that's not what Bill Crystal does. Bill Crystal stands behind a podium and argues that you should be taxed, that part of your taxes and your sons should be sent to war to fight people that he thinks need democracy. He that's the reason. This is the this is also for, your go ahead. you're reminding me of uh it, it's the same thing we've talked about in in regards to authoritarianism and the government restricting individual rights for the good of all. And they try and paint it. They try and paint authoritarianism as something benevolent that helps people. And right. I think you said once, it's like, because they, they'll say, oh, you're incredibly selfish if you don't go along with government mandates that restrict freedom and liberty. Right. No, authoritarianism is incredibly selfish. <laughs> right. It's incredibly right. selfish. It says that we have, it says the government has a right to restrict the rights of people, of individuals, of your neighbor, so that you feel better. That's selfish. It's like, I 
these people who say like my neighbor should not, I should be able to interfere with my neighbor's life and my neighbor should not be able to go to work or make a living or pursue life, liberty, happiness. He should not be able to provide for his family, secure property. I'm going to, I'm going to interfere with his property rights because I'm so selfish and I'm it's so nar- afraid. It's a, it's a form of narcissism yes. or solipsism, right? Yeah. It's, it's that kind of the world revolves around me. This is what I want. Yes. Therefore you should have to do it. Right. I'm so selfish and afraid that I might catch a virus that I'm going to strip my neighbor of his rights. That's incredibly selfish. You don't have a right to do that. The government doesn't I, have a right to do that. Yeah. And and this is how I feel about all of these. All of, I'm going to stop. If people are like, swear jar is big. I'm sorry, it's guys, for the swear jar today. I'll it's stop. pretty full. Look, it's, it's yeah. full. I, it, what really, it really angers me, though, that, that people will have a moral superiority about let's let's say you're right let's let's pick pick a country that you are worried about the population you want to go help let's pick afghanistan you want to go help afghanistan have a uh a more free more benevolent government of some form that's your goal you see that there's uh you know there were some radical uh islam or muslim leaders and you want to make it less radical. Okay, you want to go help some people. That's fine. If you put your money where your mouth is and get volunteers, and I have no problem with you being able to purchase military equipment for this purpose. You you go buy military, you set up your own little private army, and you're like, we're going to go spend 20 years of our voluntary time and effort and labor to go help these people. Good on you. Good luck. I, you know what? That's great. But the moment you say, hey, 330 million Americans, whether you like it or not, we're using your hard-earned money to go do this. And by the way, if you have kids in the military, we're, we're sending them there too. Um, that's, that's evil. I'm sorry, but that is evil. Mm-hmm. It's evil to do. It's evil. There's no difference between that and the the kings of the Middle Ages who were like, I want to go invade this territory. Everyone's got to, you know, I'm going to go around to houses and grab some warriors and, you know, f- stick a sword in your hand and make you go. And we're going to go, we're going to go to war because I own you. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And, and you know, no, no amount of stupid Bill Crystal speeches about how downtrodden other people are can make up for the fact that it's funded by force and force against the very people that our government is supposedly supposed to protect first and foremost, which is Americans. Let's John Boy gives us 10 lira. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Actually, he doesn't even give lira. He gives you, uh, can you think of another name with an E name? He gives us euros and he oh, says, it. is it right? Yeah, yeah, but I was hoping okay. you would come up with something more creative. Oh. <laughs> uh, John Boy gives us Ethereum. I don't know. As an Englishman, thank you, Carter. Smiley face. And sure. APM, that's the Lyra, 899 Lyra. <laughs> thank you, APM says, medicine, anesthesia, penicillin, the engine, planes, trains, automobiles, electricity, etc are bad and Europe should take them back from these far leftists who clearly don't need them. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. 
I think all of these leftists should be, uh, they should be stuck. This is this is what, you know where I teeter on the helicopter ride thing. They should just be stuck on a, like, hey, we'll we'll all go stick you into nature. We'll we'll carve out what area of the country would you like? I don't, pick it. I don't care. We'll we'll carve it out. We'll all move out. You guys can move in, but you don't get to use anything ever created by any one of European descent ever. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm laughing at the super chat from Rebecca P. Thank you, Rebecca. She says England spent some of its own lira <laughs> to abolish slavery. There's nothing to, like a good English lira. Yeah. To abolish slavery. Here's a few pounds and dollars <laughs> for the two of you fighting collectivism. Thank you. Thank I you, Rebecca. The currency jokes are really, they crack me up because it's true. I don't know. It's pounds is what that L is, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I thought they, <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Rebecca, for educating. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually it's it's very American that you don't know. So just embrace <laughs> it's it. Fine. It's fine. It's Texan. Yeah. What the hell does Texas need to know about European currency? Look, Who cares? We're gonna eventually we're gonna go back to our own Texas currency. <laughs> right. So Zato, thank you, Zato. Also says some lira for the swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Carrie. Thank you. My birthday was yesterday. It was great. Welcome back. Cool. Super Iron Bob says our souls will be crushed until they turn to diamonds. There will be sharp edges when things finally come to a head. I think so too. Yeah, I am uh, actually kind of worried about that, Super Iron Bob. I'm kind of worried about the it's kind of like um and I, I don't know if this is a cultural thing in America or not, but it's kind of like, you know, personally, when you just like you 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 suppress 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 you ignore like you're being bothered and annoyed and like it escalates and you just keep kind of suppressing your your annoyance it, eventually it turns into rage and then like that's when you know you like you eventually you break out and that's like road rage suddenly you're shooting the guy who cut you off on the freeway or something horrible like that's where a lot of that stuff comes from and i wonder if that happens like as a culture generally, like you just, you, you swallow it for so long that eventually it's just this massive backlash, which is not healthy. Yeah. This is not a super chat, but I just saw that Lisa K. Hello lady. She said, they're not going to let us go without resistance. Yeah. That's what I, I tend to think too. It's, it's really interesting though. One of my friends who I, re I respect one of the smartest people I know, she thinks they would let us go without resistance. I don't, I'm not really clear on why I, I want to have her on the show sometime to talk about it but um but i think I, they I, would fight for us i think actually this is one of the reasons why delaying this is maybe a maybe an argument for delaying it i think the more decrepit the central government is the more they're likely to let us go because they've got their own issues to deal with maybe i don't know mm -hmm. although maybe they'll be more likely to fight then who knows all right uh, keep going mandy again thanks mandy says did carrie just call me a butt yes i'm kidding <laughs> i called you a bot and uh i think we're oh no there's no we're not four. i got oh. four if you thomas st thomas hello sir okay. thomas says i've always thought that voting for a person who will use someone else's money for your cause doesn't make you a good person but many think it does i think it makes you a bad person actually i think it makes you a participant in in theft it makes you an accomplice is what it makes you. 
And then Gregos, thank you, sir, says, what do you mean? Obviously, there's nothing more science-based than fearing uninfected people, especially those who beat the virus without a vaccine. <laughs> and then, just so we're clear, gives us a sarcasm winky face, which I think should be the standard. <laughs> we just need to turn up the sarcasm sensitivity a little. Okay. Um, you missed two. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, I don't know. I can't see them. Uh, Wombat of Doom says, Happy Columbus Day. The holiday Aww. of my people, the human ones. Hey, Wombat. Um, and then APM gives Lyra again and says, a cultural and left versus right clash is inevitable in Europe. Selfishly, I hope not in my lifetime, but sadly, I think it will be. Yeah, I mean, unless you're old, I think it's likely to be in your lifetime. Uh, so the protests in some of these other countries are massive. The anti-mandate protests in France and Australia, I mean, they're massive. And here, I'm kind of like, where are we, Americans? Like, why aren't we in the streets? People are getting fired. I know people, We, I know we talk about this, updates on every show. It's like, I know some people who personally who are um, choosing to lose their job and be fired because they're not going to get the vax, which is a very scary thing to do and very courageous. I know others who've decided to get the vax because their job is forcing it. One of those I just heard, I just heard from uh, their sibling yesterday and got the vax, didn't want the vax, has already had some effects. I can't say, it's so crazy. We can't even talk openly on this well, channel. You know what I mean? say effects happened, but whether they're correlation is whether they're correlated or not and it's a woman thing mm -hmm. and you know you can't talk about that and we'll get pulled and whatever so what does woman even mean so they, youtube doesn't even know okay to go trick-or-treating so i'm just happy about that that's what i that's my latest oh. excitement. as long as uh father fauci says it's good um well there's one more super chat can we can i read it yeah go right ahead uh, a moral pancake, and and by the way, this person has pancakes as their picture. A moral pancake says, "Hi guys, are you guys going to cover the Southwest Airlines weekend sick out? Almost two thousand flights canceled. It turns out the backward knuckle dragging conservatives are also air traffic controllers." Okay, I do want to cover I this. I don't know one. Okay, because yeah, here's ahead. here's my question. I saw a lot of this, and I I spent time this morning trying to get all the facts. Everyone on Twitter, a lot of people we follow anyway, they are saying that they they walked out, that the air traffic controllers, that the Southwest walked out there because of the vaccine mandate. But I can't find any evidence of that. Yes, the flights were canceled. Nobody's disputing that. There were over 2,000 flights canceled. The airlines are saying that it had nothing to do with the walkout and that it was because of weather, which is kind of... I definitely suspicious because no, no other airlines had to cancel because the weather and the weather was fine in, in, in a lot of these places. So um, it Southwest does seem mostly goes between Northern California and Southern California and our weather is basically the same all the time. So, right. And so everybody's very skeptical. And I saw Matt Walsh said, tweeted this morning, I'm praying for Southwest today. They are being forced to cancel thousands of flights due to weather conditions that only affect their airplanes and nobody else's very <laughs> unique weather phenomenon. And, and that tends to be the attitude that most people have, but I have not seen evidence of, and, and if there is evidence, please share it with us in the chat, because I would like to see it. 
how do they know there was a walkout? I haven't seen any air traffic controllers on record. Like I don't, there's nothing. And people were saying, well, that's because there's a media blackout. Well, I don't, I agree. The cathedral would not want to cover this. They would black it out, but I would at least expect to see an alternative media, some accounts of the walkout. I haven't. Um, Why, why would it be air traffic controllers? Do they work for the airlines directly? I don't, I thought they did not. Yeah, I don't. I think it's all just rumor and conjecture. So here's here's the latest. I'm on someone said to go to Southwest's Facebook page. Their October 9th post says air traffic control issues and disruptive weather have resulted in a high volume of cancellations throughout the weekend. Yeah, I don't believe that. Recover. Okay, but why would the air traffic control issues and weather only affect Southwest? That's the legitimate question, right? Because they're not air traffic controllers don't work for the airlines. So you would think that they would affect everyone. But that's the only thing I see on Southwest's page about it. Um, yeah, I think they're, I think what Southwest is, the, the reasons that they're claiming are really suspicious. I don't believe them necessarily. And I, and, and I do think if there were a walkout, yes, the media would black it out. But yeah, like Thomas St. Thomas just said, I, I mean, I would just like to see evidence of it. I can't just take... Right now, it's just people saying there was a walkout, trust us. Okay. Yeah, I would assume that people <laughs> that organized the walkout would be taking credit for it. Right. I want to see I want to see statements or yeah. some type of, and maybe it's out there. I just haven't seen it. I, I want to know where it's at. So. Right. Someone says air traffic controllers work for the FAA. Right. They work for the government. So uh, they probably already have their jazz. And if it did right. happen, that's cool. So share the info. Uh, oh, look, yeah, see, Tim Pool, same thing. Somebody just gave us a super chat. Thank you, Colin. He says, in Tim Pool's morning video, he said he couldn't find direct evidence of a sick out either. Yeah, why? Why is that? So, right. so um, maybe. So, so I want to cover. Says no official walkout due to union issues. I don't know. The point is, we don't know. So I want to cover something that there is evidence of that I just saw today. This is a Guardian article. I think it's the first link I sent you guys. Um, if we can pull this up. It's about schools and about, we've, we've talked about before how Google gives free Chromebooks to schools, to your children. And we've said, you know, they're probably monitoring your kids. Like you maybe should be these things that are free, just like uh just like Gmail, for example, um, you should be a little skeptical about, about what the product is. The product might be your children. So this is a headline from today in the guardian. It says U S schools gave kids laptops during the pandemic. Then they spied on them. <laughs> really? Sure. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, uh, if you scroll down, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. When the pandemic started last year, countless forms of inequality were exposed. Remember, this is The Guardian. Including the millions of American families who don't have access to laptops or broadband internet. After some delays, schools across the country jumped into action and distributed technology to allow students to learn remotely. The catch? They ended up spying on students, quote, for their own good, end quote, of course. According to recent research by the Center for Democracy and Technology, the CDT, 86% of teachers reported that during the pandemic, schools provided tablets, laptops, or Chromebooks to students at twice the rate, 43%, 
prior to the pandemic, an illustration of schools' attempts to close disparities in digital access. The problem is a lot of these those electronics were being used to monitor students, even combing through private chats, emails, and documents, all in the name of protecting them. More than 80% of surveyed teachers and 77% of surveyed high school students told the CDT that their schools use surveillance software on those devices and the more reliant students are on those electronics, unable to afford supplementary phones or tablets, the more they are subjected to scrutiny. Quote, we knew that there were students out there having ideations around suicide, self-harm, and those sorts of things, a school administrator explained on the CDT researchers. We found this student activity monitoring software. We could also do a good job with students who might be thinking about bullying. If I can save one student from committing suicide. Oh, God, I hate this argument. <laughs> I feel like that. If I can save is... one person, it's worth sacrificing <laughs> all the principles of Western civilization all at once. Because yes. I saved one suicidal person. Yes, this is, they use this argument all the time. That's why I wanted to get to this because I knew you would hate it. If I can save one student from committing suicide, I feel like that platform is well worth every dime that we paid for it. Okay. They're, they're making the argument that it's okay to sacrifice the privacy of every student in order to save one life, but they can't even prove that they saved a life. This is just like the mask mandate argument. This is just like the lockdown argument. It's just like the vaccine argument. We're going to force this on you. We're going to, we're going to take away your individual rights and liberty in the interest of saving just one life. <laughs> saving life is not, I, I'm sorry to say this. Saving life is not a proper role of the government. It's not their job. Their job is to get out of the way. Like their job is, if you're going to have a government, it's to, the job is to protect individual rights, not save you from yourself, not save lives. Saving lives is not the purpose. It's not the purpose. Yeah. And so, I, so much evil is done with that. I, it's yeah. so much. It's like, can you imagine? I, they're literally, they're literally going to be saying things at some point. It's like, well, <clears throat> if we implement absolute authoritarianism will be able just one life give me dictatorial control if that saves just one life it's worth making me a dictator right right and they don't talk about they never talk about the, the what's unsaid first of all they're claiming they saved just one life but how do you prove that you it's you can't they can't prove it and and secondly they don't talk about any of the lives that they've endangered that they've endangered well, they with don't, their policies. Everything that the left wants to do is always consequence-free in their analysis. They never have any downside. <laughs> it's always only upside. Oh, if if we do this, we will save a life. Great. Any costs? Nope. No costs. No, no costs cost. to undermining freedom and privacy permanently in the school's district. Nope. Yeah. Zero cost. Zero cost. Except we know, we know that suicide actually increased among teenagers and students as a result of the lockdowns and the school closures. Suicide went way up. <laughs> right. They're responsible for creating the situation yes! that makes kids want to kill yes! themselves in the first place. Yeah. They create the problem. Then they say, we created the problem. Now let us give you the solution. Now you're hungry for our solution, right? Because we created the problem. Hey, we forced you to stay inside all day. Now we need a camera in your house to make sure that you're mentally stable. Yeah. Yes. It's for your yes. own good. It's for your own good. It's, ah, oh, okay. Same thing they did, Carter, with, I, I was looking up obe uh, childhood obesity rates this weekend. Mm -hmm. 
there are also recent studies that just came out and I'll find these. I'm sorry. I didn't have these pulled up because I forgot. I'm going to talk about this, but they've now released all these studies. The CDC has released studies. Maybe you can find this. The CDC has said, look guys, wow. Childhood obesity really increased during the pandemic. Um, and, and not so obesity increased the kids who were in the simply overweight category. They all gained a lot of weight. And then the kids who were average weight all gained a lot of weight. So across the board, every category, they gained a lot of weight. Okay. Obesity got worse. Overweight got worse. And those who were not overweight are now overweight. So we know, what else do we know? Obese children. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what's this headline? Maybe you can read this one. I can't see it yet. Uh, there we go. CDC alarming rise in childhood obesity over the last 12 months. I, I mean, yeah. Is it really alarming? <laughs> I, I, I mean, is it a surprise? Hey, you can't go outside, kids. Here's some devices. For some reason, they're getting fat. Yeah. This is from this week. A new study shows what the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is calling an alarming rise in childhood obesity during the pandemic. What? <laughs> um, it goes on to say now excuse me, they're including an interview here. The The article that I found had some of the, the stats and, and it was alarming. It is, it is a, it is a, uh, a pronounced spike in obesity. And then at the same time, what do we know? We know that those kids who are most affected by COVID, the ones who end up in the hospital and the few, it is a, it's a very small number, but the kids who have, who died from COVID, most of them, were either obese or had a pre-existing condition. And so what have we done? We've increased, we've increased the likelihood that COVID will affect these kids negatively with our policies. It's like, we took a bad situation. We let them, we let the government take a bad situation and just exponentially make it worse across the board in every way possible. We let them make it worse. Anyway, I, I got, yeah. I got to, the, I, I started with the schools are spying on your kids and then I got to the obesity thing, but it's all, it's all part of the same thing. It's part of like, let these people in control create problems and then try and give it, sell us the solution. Oh, look, what are they doing right now? They're targeting kids for the jab. So they're pulling these cherry picked anecdotal stories, a very small, not even a, a fraction of 1% of, of kids. Um, who've passed away from the virus and they're using that to sell jabs to kids and to scare everyone. And the other thing I saw in the headlines, Carter, I'm sure you've seen this is in these anecdotal stories, they're calling these kids perfectly healthy when they're obese. Oh, have you right. seen that? I haven't seen that, but I have obviously seen the push to uh, pretend that obesity is healthy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> do you have anything to add. Well, like, I mean, without swearing. Um, yes, without swearing. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, I, they. they uh, it's just so obvious. I think that I think the people who see this at this point, it's like it's just so obvious that this is the this is a continual pattern from an ever expanding government create a problem, blame in essence, blame freedom by offering a solution that that 
curtails liberty and increases their power. And like that's just it's a it's a vicious it's a vicious cycle. Um so yeah, if look, if they said obesity was a health problem, I guess um maybe they'd have to admit that they contributed to it. Maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because on the one hand, they're releasing these studies now and they are telling us, hey, look, obesity really increased. And they've also admitted that obesity is a factor in how bad the, the symptoms are for COVID and, how, and right. whether or not you end up in the hospital and whether or not you die. <laughs> they've told us that. But then when they push these stories of people who passed away, and they're pushing them pointedly as propaganda for the jab. Pull up this one I just sent you in Beverly. This is a, it goes to my Twitter, but you can click on the articles there, the headline. This is how I've seen it. I don't know about you guys, but in this is from CNN, but also in my local news, they're doing the same with children and adults. They are ignoring the, uh, that's not it. <laughs> that doesn't look like it. That looks like No, it's a, I sent you a Lincoln signal. Um, <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Click on this headline. There we go. Okay, so you see the parents there. This is CNN. It says Virginia family is trying to process how their healthy 10-year-old daughter died from COVID in five days. And then and then go to the right to the next um, picture. A Virginia family is trying to process how their 10-year-old daughter went from being perfectly healthy to dying in five days from COVID-19. Okay, and then go to the next one. Now, nowhere in this article do they mention that their daughter was obese, but she was. And then this part really bothered me. So what just happened to this family is unimaginable. It's something you, you, no one should ever go through this, the loss of a child. But then this mom takes this, takes the sympathy that people would have for you in the situation. And in my opinion, throws it all away by participating in this lie. The mom says, uh, my beautiful girl was taken from me because people are too damn selfish to care about what could happen to others. I wasn't. We weren't. We wore our mask because there are too many in our tribe who are at risk. My daughter was not at risk. That's a lie. You are blaming other people. And you're, and I think th- this bothers me a lot. It's like, this doesn't do any favors for anyone to pretend like your daughter was perfectly healthy. You, you, your child was obese. And whose responsibility is that? It's your responsibility as a parent. It's your responsibility. And nobody would blame you. Even though your child was obese, nobody would look at you in this awful situation and say, this is your fault. It's not. I don't think it's your fault, even though your daughter was high risk. But for you to take to take this situation and blame strangers because of they didn't presumably choose to wear because some people don't wear a mask. Your daughter died. That's a lie. That's bullshit. This this bothers me. You were angry earlier, Carter. This really pissed me off. Yeah, no, it, it pisses me. Go off. to the, um, the next slide. This is a picture of the beautiful daughter, but clearly obese. There's a lot of photos of her. If sure. you're ten year old. Is this weight like that's a problem for your kid? That's a problem for your kid, not just for COVID. Okay, that that I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm. Well, I I also want to put something into context here because yeah. I happened to spend uh, I spent a couple hours on Friday writing a letter to my daughter's school, 
trying to get her exempt from what they are now proposing mandatory vaccinations for everyone 12 and older. Wow. Um, so my daughter's 12. Uh, so I ended up, I don't have numbers for 10 year olds, but I do happen to have numbers for 12 year olds, which are generally worse. Like usually the younger ones are even safer than, but just, I'm just going to read according to the CDC from January, 2020 through October 6th of 2021, there've been a total of 22, 12 year olds who've died of COVID eight female and 14 male. This is a death rate of approximately 12.6 children per year. To put this into context, according to the CDC, this is approximately the same number of children, 12, who died from influenza in 2019. From the flu. The death rate is roughly the same as the flu for, I mean, don't, Susan, don't ban our channel. Four kids, four kids, for 12-year-olds at least, that's the data. I just read it to you. This is all from the CDC. This isn't from you know, Alex Jones Medical Institution. This is from the CDC. It's your your trusted source, lefties. That's the data. That's what the CDC says. Um, and further, the infection rate, uh, they appear to be, well, they the infection rates appear to be equal for males and females. According to a meta-analysis in Nature, males are at a higher risk of both hospitalization and death, um, which does kind of comport with the difference between death and 12-year-olds, like eight females and 14 males. Um, so if you kind of look at this and you add in the comorbidity, you could estimate the, the risk of death for a 12 year old girl who doesn't have comorbidity factors like obesity is probably somewhere around the same risk as dying of cerebrovascular disease, diabetes mellitus, or septicemia. In other words, it's, it's negligible. It's negligible. The, the risk to kids is negligible. It doesn't mean that there will be zero. That number's not zero. There will be kids who die of the flu, even. There will be kids who die of random stuff, right? I mean, there's a notice. You ever buy those five-gallon buckets from the Home Depot for paint and stuff? There's a notice on the side of some of the buckets. I don't know if yes. it's still there, but like... You know, don't stick your toddler in upside down when there's water in the bucket or some stupid nonsense, yeah. right? Someone that's there because someone died that way, right? That doesn't mean buckets are unsafe. It doesn't mean that people who don't put lids on their buckets are trying to kill your kid. Um, it means life is dangerous. There's risks, and there is a small probability that tragedy will happen to you. Yeah, it's it's. Somebody says that story was propaganda. We shouldn't argue with obvious propaganda. I, I disagree. We should point out that we have to point out that it's propaganda and it's being used to affect policy. Like at, at Carter's kids' school, they're vac they're trying to mandate vaccines for children. And and you just like heard the stats. And yeah, people and are way, going along with this. I didn't read this part of the letter, but I think this is important for parents to know because this argument might work on normies. There are no fully FDA approved vaccines for 12 year olds. They do not exist. The full approval of Pfizer was for 16 year olds and older. All of the 12 to 15 year olds are taking emergency use authorized vaccines. There are no full FDA approved all the way through the approval process vaccines for kids. Yeah. Zero, zero. Yeah. 
I don't know. This this issue really. Somebody in the chat also said she was a bad parent. Well, okay, I'm not going to go that far. Carter might, but I won't. I don't think you're necessarily no, a bad look, parent. I mean, if I don't, I don't know, know it, the circumstances, I don't know the circumstance exactly. I don't know the circumstances, and I have friends whose kids are obese, and I think about them, and I don't want to be too judgmental. And I don't know. I'm not. I don't have kids. I don't. And I'm going to fail when, if I am able to be a parent, I know I'm going to fail in all kinds of ways. So I'm not like trying to say you're a bad person or a bad parent. I'm just saying as a parent, it seems to me you're responsible for your child's health, not the government and certainly not strangers somewhere, somebody somewhere not wearing a mask <laughs> that, that doesn't have as much impact on your child's health as, as what you let them eat and, and, if you encourage them to exercise or not, that has more of an impact on your child's health. Take responsibility for the things that are in your control and, and, and don't yeah. pretend like your child, like the media. Yes, it is propaganda. The media, CNN is complicit. It is complicit in this propaganda and in, and in saying this child is perfectly healthy. They are lying to us. Right. We know that obesity is a factor and we know that obesity increased because of government policies this past year. And we rolled over and let them enact those policies. And, and the lockdowns led to the mask mandates, led to the vaccine mandates, or leading to the vaccine passport. Where's it all going? At what point do we stop rolling over? They've been making this worse for over a year and a half. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that parent... The thing that indicates that there's probably a problem with the parent is their willingness to just blame everyone else right away, right? Yeah. Which is like, oh, it's everyone else's fault. It's everyone um, else's fault. No, it's not. So, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I, I agree with you. It is propaganda, but it's, this is what they do, right? I mean, I just read those stats. Think about, I've got here, I've got up here, I'll pull it up for, I'll pull this up for 10-year-olds since we're talking about it. And I happen to be sitting on the CDC's site. 10-year-olds, we'll pull it up, the leading causes of death for 10-year-olds. Okay, so imagine, I'm just pick something that's kind of similar. Like, you could sort, you could be like, oh, uh, <laughs> complications of medical and surgical care. There's six kids died in 2019 from that. Like, okay, you could make a if you're cnn you could pick that if that was the, the cause that you wanted like you're you're pissed off because you want more regulation of doctors right so you go into this thing and six kids died of complications from medical and surgical care and you put all six of those kids you find the parents you find one or two maybe even all six you put big sob stories up because I'm sure those cases are tragic. I don't know who they were, but I'm sure they're horrible and tragic. And, you know, I took my kid in for a standard blah, blah, blah. And this is what happened. And like, I'm sure it's a sob story. I'm sure it's horrible. And uh, and then and you use that to to create this feeling that there's some huge problem. Right. That daddy government needs to step in and stop these surgeons who are doing this bad thing. You know, when in fact, by the way, the number one cause is accidents in case you're curious about the number one cause of death of 10 year olds it's accidents um like drowning in a pool things like that and nobody's saying we have to get rid of all pools because if we save just one life nobody should be able to, to have a swimming pool 
if that means we save just one life, I mean, right? I assume since they don't call out automobile accidents separately, I assume they're in that category. I assume I'm not looking at the, but I'm assuming car. Nobody right? should be so able like, to drive. Cars should stop be legal. Driving. We have to right. save just one life. Right. No cars. Yeah. Yeah. If it saves just one life, we should stick the entire population in, in fact, separate padded rooms. I think given the obesity rates rates and and all of the heart problems from obesity, like we should outlaw fast food if it saves just one life. Well, Cigarette, they are gonna try and do know. that, but yes. Mm -hmm. Cigarettes too. No cigarettes. Just one life. Yep, though they, they will do that. Yeah. Um let's do some super chats. Why bother? Uh, gives us 20 euro and says Ricky Gervais on Stephen Colbert's show said that if you burn all science and religious books in hundreds and hundred years, science books will be back the same way they were, but not religious books. Would postmodern decolonized science be back the same? No, uh, that would not be back the same because that's not a science book. Why bother? That's, that's leftist propaganda. That's not science. Um, I think Ricky Gervais is a little bit, uh, he's being a little bit too optimistic. I'm not sure that it would take a hundred years. I think it could take quite some time, but he is right fundamentally that fundamentally science needs to comport with reality. So there's only one thing that can happen, right? Eventually you can't be like, well, we lost Newton law, Newton's laws. And then after the dark ages, a different set of laws for the, the motion of objects came about like, no, they might not be called Newton's laws, but F is still going to equal MA. There's no, like, there's no, there's no way around that. Whereas, um, for all of the, especially, well, not only religion, but we'll just say what you're talking about, postmodernism and all this crap. This is just, it's just made up stuff. So yeah, it'll, there'll be someone complaining about something else. Uh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to let you read these next few ones because there's a, there's a guy with a lawnmower right outside this window. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> oh, I have a lawnmower story in a minute, but yeah. Okay. Mandy says Carter can avoid the swear jar. By the way, Mandy, I don't know how to, you should put your phonetic name in here. I'm going to try it again. Mandy Caravicius says Carter can avoid swear jar by replacing his F words with Fauci and everybody wins. Shut the Fauci up, Carter. I like that, except I think Fauci is a worse word. Um, but that's so why you use like, it as a swear. It's like, yeah, but it's like going out of the frying pan into the fire. You wouldn't, you wouldn't replace, you wouldn't be like, well, I don't want to say hell anymore. So I'm going to say shit. Like, well, that's worse. Fauci is worse. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll fight you naked says, how long until the vaxxed disinvite the unvaxxed from Thanksgiving and Christmas because of the media narrative? Oh, I'm sure that's already happened and is happening. Yeah. Um, can you actually, can you guys put this article I just sent you up on the screen? This is relevant yeah. to the lawnmowers. So, and what we've been talking about, this is from people. And this is just from a few days ago. This is from September 29th, 2021. Um, South Carolina man, 88 dies after being trapped under lawnmower that flipped into the Creek. Tragic. Now this is a tragic story. I'm not making fun of his death. I'm going to make fun of the argument that if it saves just one life, we should ban it for everyone. <laughs> can you imagine i was just i was just like thinking it's how many lawnmower deaths have there been this year this one just happened i didn't know about this i just looked it up 
can you imagine them being like, because they don't go out and say we should get rid of all lawnmowers if it's well, just one life. You're just in the wrong one. state, Carrie. Because we, <laughs> yes, we do. We do? <laughs> uh, Gavin Newsom just signed a law, almost do that. Uh, we're outlawing gas lawnmowers and leaf blowers and chainsaws now. Starting in 2024, you can't use gas. You Why? Can't buy gas. To um, save just I don't life? know. Well, I guess, but I just, I, I want to point something out just, you know, because sometimes facts are fun. Uh, <clears throat> this is where California gets its electricity. Um, let's see. Almost 70% uh is non-renewable <laughs> uh that's what they generate in-house but they import also 69.32 percent non-renewable geothermal um so their renewables are actually you know a small percentage of their total but that doesn't matter we're going to force you to use electric lawnmowers and gas blowers gas blowers gas mowers you can't use gas mowers you can't use gas leaf blowers and you can't use gas chainsaws which i don't know i don't i have a nice gas chainsaw i don't know how an electric chainsaw would work but maybe they work fine i don't know I've, but yeah i have an electric lawnmower it sucks <laughs> it sucks i can right. tell you anecdotal evidence i gotta imagine that there will be an exemption for fire stations with chainsaws. They're going to have to, right? Because they're like out fighting fire, forest fires. One of the things you do fighting forest fires is like you chop down a bunch of trees and stuff. Like often you're doing last minute work. They have they need chainsaws. I imagine that <laughs> maybe it'll just make California fires worse. They'll be like, sorry, we are waiting for the batteries to charge. Look, it's our... like everything they do makes everything worse. So <laughs> it does. That's true. <laughs> Okay, thanks for letting me interrupt you with the lawnmower. That's right. Just By one, the way, just Liberty one Solution life. says, yeah, Liberty Solution says, I had an electric and a gas chainsaw. The electric was only good for twigs. Yeah, I've got a nice little uh, steel farm boss. It's a nice chainsaw. Uh, but even that one, like, you know, it takes some oomph to get through a tree. I, I can't imagine dealing with an electric chainsaw. But okay. Um, DJ Crazy Arms says firefighters will get lots and lots of extension cords. Yes, that will be the. That's what they'll do, so they they can have some fossil fuel plant churning out electricity to inefficiently deliver it to you when you could just you know have an internal combustion engine at the source. <clears throat> All right, let's do some more uh, super chats here. Oops, sorry. Okay, what was the last one we did? Oh, uh, JB says, Carter, regular schedule for dangerous thoughts. Yeah, I guess I haven't said it, but yeah, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific is the regular schedule. Um, so That's 7 p.m. Texas time. Go. 7 p.m. in the future free place. That will be part the, great, the future separate country. The Great Republic of Texas. <laughs> the Great Republic of Texas. I'm going to read this. It might be out of order, but I, hi, That's Cheeky fine. Mayor. We got to meet Cheeky Mayor also at our retreat. 
Cheeky Mare gives us a super chat and says, healthy at any size, my butt. I have lost 30 pounds this year and I feel so much better. And my numbers, my blood are so much better. Be active, be better. That's awesome. 30 pounds is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. My husband's lost almost that much, I think, now too. He's been working his butt off. Literally, ha ha. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, the... Yeah, we've all gone through. I mean, look, anyone who's not had a stable weight, like I've certainly fluctuated. Absolutely, you feel better when you're <laughs> like leaner. What what world do you have to? It's like you shouldn't need to make an argument about this. It's it's a literal sensorial thing. Be be leaner, and then tell us how you feel. Yeah, QED. Like there's not. It's like saying, it's like having to explain why. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like, you know, having to explain why you want to be happy. It's like because it yeah. feels good to be happy. What are you talking about? So my this is interesting because it relates to the sermon I heard yesterday. Um, the preacher was talking about in the age of what he calls the age of psychological man, which is mm. psychology man, and and how this sort of what we talk about on the show about this this whole. Um, narcissism that's in this in the identity movement so social justice ideology which is all about identity has a huge degree of narcissism and he was sort of talking about how at different times in history like people have always been able to um maybe you would say like make an idol out of out of something be it like look for self-esteem or look for their identity let's say this look for their identity in something like um, sometimes it's been outside of themselves, like look for their identity in the community. But he's like, at this time in history, people are looking their, their identity, their self sense of self-worth and self-esteem is coming from the inside. This whole culture, culture of uh, self-esteem was well, sort of like Stuart Smalley. I'm rambling oh. a bit, but you know, where Stuart Smalley, the, the, are you guys old enough to remember this on SNL? Al Franken used to say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, you know, and gosh, darn it. People like me. And so it was this sort of idea that that we're like looking inward now and uh, our problem is not X, Y, Z. Our problem is that we just don't realize how amazing we all are. This sort of idea of like you have to get, you know, believe in yourself and, and validate yourself. And so what's happened is that we've lowered. There's been this lowering of standards so that we all get participation trophies this lowering of standards where there's no, it's like against meritocracy. And it's happened not just in education where we're getting rid of gifted and talented programs. We're getting rid of the grade F we're lowering the standards. So everybody feels amazing about themselves, but also in terms of weight, all the, all the, all the mannequins at the stores. Now they've put in obese mannequins. They're lowering the standards to say like healthy at any size. Right. Like that's a bit of a ramble, but yeah, I actually disagree with that characterization. I don't oh. think we have any self-esteem generated internally. Um, in fact, we're not looking internally at all for anything. Uh, we're afraid to look at ourselves. Uh, I think in all of those things are external validations. Like it's not, you want to be not, you want to be told that obese is beautiful from me. That's yes. what you want. Yes. Like, you want to get a reward from me. That's all secondhand self-esteem. 
Yeah. True self-esteem doesn't require a reward from other people. It doesn't require that they use your pronouns. It doesn't require that they yes. tell you you're beautiful. It doesn't require they tell you that you did just as good as the guy who ran much faster. It doesn't require any of that. Actual self-esteem is from inside, but that's not what we're seeing. We are seeing the inversion of self-esteem. We're seeing secondhand self-esteem, self-esteem that's only generated through external validation. And what it is, is this sick lack of self-esteem. They're trying to replace actual self-esteem with the world has to make me feel better about myself because ultimately they all feel pretty crappy about themselves. They have low self-esteem internally and they're making up for that by demanding that you treat them in some yes. great way. Well, he that talked makes them about how better. it's almost like institutions have to comply because they have to like lower the standard to such a degree that we don't, that, that nobody gets an A while other people get an F, you know, everybody has to get a C. And right, but that's an external validation. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's a conversation I, that like I've had with my daughter a lot about like, yeah. I don't give a crap what your grades are and you shouldn't either. What you should care about is, are you learning? Did you do the best that you can? Like, are you achieving your goals? Like mm -hmm. that's yours, that's yours. What the, what the grading system tells you and what other, like all that other stuff is just gravy. That's icing on the cake. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you think about how you did. All right. Um, but, but are you saying there should be no, like standards are set from somewhere other than your inside yourself. Like, like you sure. might feel great about how you sure. did in a race, but if you came in last, like you objectively lost. Yes, that's correct. Yes. You objectively lost and that's fine. Right. But that should that make you feel worse about yourself? I don't no. think so. Should no. it make you, should it inspire you to do better? Yes. If that's a, if that's a race that you care about, then yes. Right. Like if, if I went out and lost in a rowing competition, I wouldn't be like, well, I really need to get better at rowing. I don't give a crap. Right. But <laughs> there are things that I do care about. Like, okay, I want to get better at this. And so, um, I actually think what we have is a crisis of, I, so the concept of self-esteem, I think. I think was really, I don't want to say invented, but one of the first people to talk about it was Nathaniel Brandon. And I think it was bastardized shortly after he came up with the concept. It was misapplied to mean this, like, when he talked about it, he was meaning a very internally, like, sense, like, he would argue that you get self-esteem through actual accomplishment, like through like, oh, I did this thing and here's the objective result. And I know that I have a sense of efficacy now and, or I did, or I am true to my values. Like that gives you a sense of, so like there's internally generated things that give you self-esteem through your actions. Um, but I, that was taken and flipped on its head by, uh, you know, crazy leftists mostly flipped on its head to, and maybe the hippies, right? To be like, oh, well, everyone needs a participation trophy because self-esteem is really important. And it's like, well, that's not where you get it. That's 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 ersatz self-esteem. That's not real self-esteem. In fact, if that's where you train kids to feel good about themselves from their external validation, you're actually destroying their capacity to have real self-esteem. Right, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble articulating what I'm thinking here. But there's also there is a measure of there is a there is a standard there is an external standard and I think a lot of the self esteem movement is is seeking to remove the standards entirely and say there is no objective truth and there is no 
there, there is no such thing as saying that this is beautiful and this is not. It all depends on how you feel inside or this is fat and this is right. not, or this is healthy and this is not right. because they're depends on how up, you feel. Right. Because right? there isn't real self-esteem in these people and they need that. They need reality to be altered for them to feel good about themselves. Right. right. Rather than reality to get, if reality is what's happened is the accurate reflection of reality. You're slower than this other person. You're not as attractive as this other person. You don't perform as well at this task as this other person. That actual reflection, they can't handle because they don't have a self, a real self-esteem can handle losing. Right. <laughs> like a real self-esteem is like, oh, I lost. Like, did I do the best I could? Could I improve? Do, how much do I care about this? Like you can learn a lot from losing or from failing or whatever. And a real self-esteem doesn't say, oh, I lost, therefore I have no value. That's that's an indication that you have no self-esteem. Exactly. What they've said is like, oh, okay, we don't want you to feel like you have no value because obviously you would if you lost, therefore you can't lose. It's like, well, that's that's based on this premise that you have no healthy self-esteem. to. Start. Right, exactly, uh -huh. exactly. It makes everybody, he was saying this, it makes everybody really fragile so that yeah. they, they can't handle a loss. It's like you can't handle not getting the A. So the grades have to be adjusted so that you feel like you got an A or you can't handle being, right. you know, um, uh, obese and you have to be told that it's healthy and there's a, you know, you can't handle the judgment or the, or not meeting the standard. So the standard has to be adjusted because you're so fragile. We, um, one other quick and thing. I, then, I know people by the yeah. way who are in like, who are obese and they're fine with it. They're like, yes, I'm limiting my life span like i will be i will die younger but these are the things this is the way i want to live and these are my values and this is what i've chosen it's like all right well right cool. but, but they wouldn't not... run around saying i'm a swimsuit model like and no, you have they... to say yeah right right and right. i'm gonna force you to validate this and right. say like what what's happening with some of the um uh healthy at any size part of the social justice movement where they're putting people like Lizzo out there as an ideal and as the standard. And it's like, no, that's really unhealthy. You should not be forcing us all to be complicit in this life. One last thing, and then I'll just move on from this. We put up this yeah. comic I just sent you guys. You'll have to zoom in on it, Beverly. This is a Calvin and Hobbes comic. Um, does it show up? I don't see it yet, but Beverly will do it. Okay. I'm sure. By the way, while she's coming up with that, if you want to read a good book about self-esteem, I think The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon is an excellent book. Hey, this uh, isn't, the one. page isn't loading. Or, or the, oh, oh, the page isn't loading. Can you try sending oh, Okay. It? Yeah, I just sent a new one, but here, I'll just read it because I can just tell you what it says. This is, this is Calvin Hobbes are making snowmen. And Calvin says, see Hobbes, we shouldn't need accomplishments to feel good about ourselves. Self-esteem shouldn't be conditional. That's why I've stopped doing homework. I don't need to learn things to like myself. I'm fine the way I am. <laughs> and Hobbes says, so the secret to good self-esteem is to lower your expectations to the point where they're already met. And, and Calvin says, right, we should take pride in our mediocrity. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, Hobbes says, remind me to invest overseas. And Calvin looks at the snowman and it's not finished yet. It's just two lumps. It doesn't even have a head. And he says, I think this snowman is good enough, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he showed this in church yesterday. I was laughing. I was like, okay, just to illustrate the concept. But yeah, yeah. this is good enough. Take pride in our yeah. mediocrity. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, I, you know, if, if people are interested in this topic, I do recommend that the six pillars of self-esteem, because the question that really arises is what is self-esteem and what's required for a healthy self-esteem. And it turns out that doing what Calvin's doing doesn't work. Um, <laughs> that actually doesn't give you a, a good self-esteem. Uh, it makes you feel better for a minute, but ultimately it actually fails. So, um, you know, and those are important psychological questions. So, yeah. All right. Um, okay. Gray Ghost, CNN, he says, see a CNN article titled Healthy Teenager Who Took Precautions Died Suddenly of COVID-19. You have to scroll halfway in before it says that he had undiagnosed diabetes and a blood sugar that was 10 times the normal level. But the headline right. was Healthy Teenager. Right. Right. Um, Captain Z gives us 10 bucks. Uh, no message. Cheeky Mare says there's another way that the schools are spying for the good, the child's good. It's called social emotional learning, SEL, another good marketing name. Yes. I'm not familiar with that. Are you, do you know what she's talking I about? I know a little about it, yeah. And, and people are just now starting to talk about it, but um, it's, it's, you know what? Go and watch the interview that we did with, that I did with Jason Littlefield for anybody who's okay. interested. I think talk he talks a little bit about it, yeah. Okay. Um, Libertarian Sasquatch, awesome name, uh, says, my sister-in-law truly believes you will be hospitalized with COVID if you get it. What? That's like, that's not even a thing. Uh, lefties are, I mean, it's a low probability. Lefties are so inundated with fear, they'll reject anything contrary to the fear. Yeah. I mean, clearly you're more likely to be hospitalized if you have certain conditions and one of those conditions being age. Uh, a moral pancake says, how long until we swap out gas-powered electric generators for electric-powered electric generators? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next law that Gavin Newsom signs. The electric generators are not allowed unless they run on electricity. Um, okay. Mandy yeah. Karavikas says, time to go to work. Fauci my life. <laughs> Why bother says, after doing my research on the cases, I've got my stuff together. In three months, 35, minus 35 pounds, cycling 150 to 200 miles per week, never felt better in my life. Good for you. Awesome. Good for you. Uh, Penumbra Syndicate says, get yourself some self-esteem from Joe Biden's arms around the nation. <laughs> Solving the wounds. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. You know, Joe's gentle hugs and nuzzling in my ear and sniffing me do <laughs> make me feel better about myself. Of course. Of course. Uh, all right. I think we got through Super Chats. Cool. Uh, okay, Carter. I don't know how much more you want to talk about things. I have a few more things I sent you. But... I, I have one thing I want to talk about yeah. because it's uh, it's kind of weird. And uh, actually, Beverly, there's an image. There's an image of a bear in Notion. Can you put it on screen? And I'll just talk about this. So, um, yeah, did you guys hear the um this couple that's i guess they were arrested for allegedly selling secrets um nuclear sub secrets a navy nuclear engineer yes. and his wife were arrested for selling they have secrets. a black lives matter sign in front of their house well she's she she particularly i looked at her twitter and her facebook because she's been identified um and i yes she her facebook's got 
BLM stuff and whatever. But I ran across this image. And yeah, that's the image. Oh, I know what this is. And for those of you listening, it says that the caption says mama bear. And the it's a it's a giant regular looking black bear hugging a cub, but the cub is in the LGBTQA plus two P blah 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 stripes. Rainbow stripes. Um and it says mama bear. You don't have to leave the image up. I just want people to see it. Um and you know, this made me think of this uh because this was on her Facebook. There and and look, I'm sorry, but it, it does tend to be women. Um, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of uh, a lot of lefty women who uh, I think this image really resonates with. Yes, that that you know you don't. So if for those of you who don't know, you don't mess with the mama bears cubs. Mama bears are like vicious, right? Um, and I think this is an emotional representation of their justification that they use for all of their all of their their vile filth that they yeah. spew, all of the authoritarianism that they push, everything that they do is justified by this concept emotionally. They feel like, uh, and I don't know, I assume this family has kids because there were some kid pictures, which I'm not obviously gonna put up in, in the Facebook feed, but maybe not. I assume they have kids, but a lot of times it's it's women who don't have kids or and are, and are projecting, you know, their, their motherhood onto what they view as oppressed groups. But I think she has, I think she has kids and, but she's still got this idea of I am a mama bear, right? And I need to go and find vulnerable groups. Cause by the way, the other thing I saw on her Facebook feed, she has a lot of charity work, which I mean, I didn't investigate it, but it appears like legit and good. Like, oh, let's help so-and-so downtrodden person and let's help this person, right? So she's got a lot of that do goodness in her. Um, but she also has this view of herself as protecting these people like a mama bear, like a, this vicious, deadly creature. And that's a particularly dangerous self image. And I think it's a very common self image because I imagine, I don't know that this to be true, but I imagine that they justified selling nuclear secrets as through this feeling somehow. I imagine she did. I imagine she imagined that she was doing some good. She was gonna use the money for blah, 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 or she was gonna use it to do, or she was, whatever it was, she was acquiring resources for some good cause. Um, and I think this is really common, and I, I think this is really dangerous we have to be careful of these mama bears because can you imagine in nature if like a bear will normally kind of leave you alone, right? If it's with its cubs, you need to give it a wide berth, but normally the bear is going to kind of leave you alone. But can you imagine if like you just, every time you went into the woods, there was a mama bear who would just pick on anything, the squirrel next to you, the bug that you're about to step on and decide that's my cub and defend it ferociously. Like, like that's, that's what we're that's what we're dealing with and it justifies this kind of authoritarianism it's a, the bear image is an aggressive violent image I, women are not nonviolent 
women are absolutely down for violence. They just need this image to justify it. That's yeah. that's what it is. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. So I, I don't it's, I haven't sort of analyzed like this a... enough, but that's that's about as much as I far as I got. And I'd like to think about it more, but I wanted to throw that image up and it's a plausible it. deniability. It's like it's sort of like that where they're yes, I'm violent and I'm aggressive, but it's for this just cause. I mean, that's sort of the left in general, and not I just women, but yeah, like Antifa, look at Antifa. They wear masks and they assault people and start, uh, they engage in violence and they uh, riot and they loot and they set the small businesses on fire and they hurt people. And why do they feel yes. okay with it? Because they think they're doing it for some noble ends. They, they believe they have yeah. to excuse their desire to inflict harm by saying it's for good. Well, yeah. And let's point out another thing about this image. She's identifying with the big, powerful bear. Mm -hmm. All you gay people are the defenseless, stupid little cubs that need her protection. That's how she views this. Right? Well, like, specifically Marma, mama bears is an organization for moms of LGBT kids. And oh, so, it? okay. Yes. And so that little bear is supposed to be an LGBT kid. Oh, so maybe she and has so, a kid and this is represents her. Bear. Probably. Okay. So they, okay. they've actually mama bears, the organization, they've done a lot to change policy across the country. Um, here in Texas, they've done a lot. Uh, they also have been going into churches and okay. changing policy at churches, like changing the culture of the church, like making it more woke. Um, okay. and because a lot of them, some of them are Christian or claim to be Christian. And okay. um, they, it's, it's really interesting. I have a, I have a connection to the mama bears. I'll tell you about later. <laughs> um, but yes, they do. In general, it is a specific organization about LGBT kids, but you're right. I think it, it represents something larger because it's not just, okay. that's how they treat, that's how they treat anyone, even adults who are in an oppressed group is they treat them as, you know, we have to take care of you, especially the ones who don't have kids themselves and they don't have someone to put all that nurturing energy into. And so it becomes this sort of toxic thing where they're, they're channeling something that's natural desire to mother and parent and protect. And they're channeling it, it towards people who are in oppressed groups aggressively, aggressively. I'm here to defend you and speak for you. That's how a lot of the white women, the, the, the child, childless ones, in the uh, social justice groups I'm in on Facebook, that's how they behave towards uh, black people and gay people and trans people is this very aggressive. Right, that's what like, made me think of it. Yeah. Because I didn't know the organization. Let me speak for you. Let me be yeah. your voice. Let me protect you. But the you. flip side, yeah. but, but here's the, the here's the weird thing, right? This is how the leftists behave about basically everything that they, any anyone that they decide is is less than them that they need to protect. But the people on the right actually have done a poor job of being a mama bear for their own bears, like their own cubs. They're just kind of like, yeah. oh, well, go off to this mama bear's school. Have a good day. Like, yeah, it's it's that's it's changing. Odd how, like, huh? I think that's changing now. I think I hope as so. people are waking up, they're waking up to the fact that their kids have been at these indoctrination camps. I mean, I know people who just sure. realized this was happening in the past few years and it finally and have pulled their kids out of public school and are, you know, are are trying to rehabilitate these kids who've been Good. indoctrinated. And Good. yeah, they're just I mean, some of the videos coming out of the PTA meetings where the parents I saw one of a conservative mom who's like, 
we're, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but she was like, we're not asking your permission. Our kids will not be wearing masks here. We are like, we're mama bears and you're not going to put a mask on my kid. And yeah, and you we, know, we need more of that. We need more of that energy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know where that went from. The, I, I'm using left and right. I don't really mean that, but like the authoritarian versus the libertarian type or, or, or individual individualisms people. I don't know what, like, where did that go? It's like the individualists forgot that they needed to be protective of their kids too. Yeah. Um, I and, think people, yeah, go ahead. I think maybe people just got, look, we got, people got busy. You've got both parents in most cases, both parents need to work outside the home now to, you know, to be able to uh, provide for their family. I mean, the, you've, you've got both parents working in the eighties and nineties, people just stopped paying as much attention and, and they were lulled, I yeah. think, into this sense of security where this idea that America and the government has your best interests at heart and they don't. And your kids are going to these indoctrination factories. I was one of those people, even after I left social justice, it took me a while to see, it took me a while to get rid of the enchantment that I had about public schools. It's a lot of enchantment that's done. It's a, it's a real narrative. It's like watching a Disney movie and believing all this stuff as a kid. Like I believed public schools are good. They're trying to provide an education for everyone. They have yeah. your kids' best interests at heart. Even when they fail, they're trying to do good. This is what I believe. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think you're probably right. I mean, what happened was things weren't as bad when we kind of switched to this society in which uh, both parents worked a lot more. And so mm -hmm. they kind of just maybe they figured, oh, well, the schools are going to be like they were when I was in school. And so they kind of yeah. just weren't paying attention. And people don't know. Really. And and some of these parents that I know that have pulled their kids out of public school, I'm talking about small schools in Texas, in Southern towns where they're like, I can't believe this was happening in this town. Yeah. yeah. It's everywhere now. Yeah. It's everywhere. You should be very mindful. People are starting to become, let's put it this way, parents are starting to become very mindful of what their kids have been um, uh, ha having forced on them. And, and so now just to segue and maybe we can close with this. I sent you and Beverly an image over the weekend, which cracked me up. I don't know if you guys saw, but the Biden administration is now targeting parents. And, um, you, and then you're talking about in response to the school board thing. Yes. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, um, <clears throat> Actually, there's an article I sent you as well. Maybe we should put that up before the funny image. There's an article. I sent you one from Fox News, and the headline is AP's fact check falsely claims that the NSBA never requested protesting parents to be labeled as domestic terrorists. Um, I actually have the NSB. I happen to have the NSB letter. Let's read the letter after right I read here. this. Let me just read All part right. of this article. It says the National School Board Association called for parents protesting at school board meetings to be possibly labeled as domestic terrorism. Um, and then the AP, listen to this, the Associated Press backfired in its attempt to fact check criticism against the National School Board Association's letter to the Department of Justice on Wednesday. The Associated Press attempted to fact check critical race theory opponent Christopher Rufo for his tweet criticizing the NSBA's request for the FBI to label school board protests as domestic terrorism. Um, 
And they did. If you scroll down, you can see they put out this tweet where they were saying effectively they were saying the Associated Press said that it was not true. It was not true that the NSBA was was calling parents domestic, possibly domestic terrorists. And let's go. You since you have it pulled up, let's go do it and look at it ourselves. What they said about parents. Well, let's see. Here's the letter. I ha I haven't, by the way, I haven't looked at this in days. It just happened to be sitting on my computer. So there's some parts that are highlighted that I, I must have thought were interesting. So we're, here we'll go from, there's the beginning, dear Mr. President, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Let's read some highlighted parts. We ask that the federal government investigate, intercept, and prevent the current threats and acts of violence against our public school officials through existing statutes, executive authority, interagency and intergovernmental task forces and other extraordinary measures to ensure the safety of our children and educators to protect interstate commerce and to preserve public school infrastructure and campuses, um, including help with monitoring the threat level. By the way, um, I will say this, having read this uh, letter, they what they do, they do this common thing that a lot of uh, lefties do, right? Where they, they take um, a couple examples of actual problems that are already illegal that the local sheriff would handle if someone did something violent or there was an actual violent threat and they they conflate it with people don't like us and disagree with us and they throw it all in one giant soup and ask that the the government police the soup so all right here we go nsba specifically solicits the expertise and resources of the u.s department of justice federal bureau of investigation u.s department of homeland security u.s secret service and its national Thre threat assessment center regarding the risk level of risk to public school children educators board members and facilities slash campuses i mean that's those are some law enforcement they're asking for uh let's see uh blah blah hold on during two separate school board meetings an individual yelled a nazi salute in protest to masking requirements so he was mocking you as nazis and another individual prompted the board to call a recess because of opposition to critical race theory so this, this this is the part of the soup they don't yes like, and they're, they're all, throwing this in this is this they is also fine. This, is this pisses me off because they pretend like they don't understand what that nazi salute means he's calling you nazis and they know that right. he's calling the authoritarians nazis because they're behaving in a fascist way and they're forcing mass on kids they pretend they pretend that when somebody does that this is why sarcasm sometimes bothers me because we're living in an age where they're pretending like you're they're pretending like he's doing a Nazi salute because he's a Nazi. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like they will take it. You're I know, you're I know what they're doing. Yes. It's it so dishonest. But, it's so but dishonest. no one believes that. But like and no one even reading this, you can you know, like if you want it to be if you want it to be one way, you'll take it that way. That's just yeah. the way, you right? I mean, that's what they want. So um inciting chaos during board meetings. A resident in Alabama who claimed himself vaccine police has called school administrators while filming himself on Facebook Live. Okay, all that stuff. Other groups are posting watch lists against school boards and spreading misinformation that boards are adopting <laughs> critical race theory curriculum. Well, they Mis are adopting they critical are. race. They're adopting, so let's be clear. They're adopting curriculum based on critical race theory. They're not teaching critical race theory. They're teaching what critical race theory tells you to teach children. Um. We're coming, so then they, they cite some things that sound ominous. We're coming after you and all the members on the Board of Education. They call this hate mail. But of course, that could just mean we're coming after you. We're going to vote you out. Uh, the hate mail continues by saying, you are forcing them to wear masks for no reason in the world other than control. And for that, you will pay dearly. 
again, that could be you're getting voted out among other incendiaries. So basically this is like people call us names. The same threat also calls the school board members filthy traitor, implies the loss of pension funds and labels the school board as Marxist, which I mean, they probably use as a badge of honor at cocktail parties, but when it's set out publicly, they don't like to be called Marxist. Uh, earlier this month, a student in Tennessee was mocked. Like, okay, that's their, that's their stuff. But let's do this. Let's go, let's search for terror. Let's see if they used, talked about domestic, let's see. Oh, NSBA requests that such review examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence under the Gun-Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act, in regards to domestic terrorism. The Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, the Violent Interference with Federally Protected Rights Statute, the Conspiracy Against Rights Statute, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read all this crap. So, yeah, they mentioned specifically, oops, they domestic mentioned specifically terrorism. domestic terrorism. Yes, they did. They said domestic terrorism. In regards to domestic terrorism, they asked for the law, law enforcement to use the Patriot Act and other stuff to come after these people because domestic terrorism. So, hey, so is the news item that the AP lied? <laughs> the AP <laughs> lied in its fact check, yes. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I sent you guys an image, and I know it's hard to put up images, but it's pretty funny over the weekend, and it's related to this. You sent it to both of us? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who can pull it up faster. Ooh, all right, Beverly. Beverly wins. Yeah, that's <laughs> For anybody who's just listening and not watching, this is this cracked me up so much. Somebody took that image of of those guys at the, uh, the recent, the September rally remember the rally that happened last month on behalf of those arrested on january 6th but the pictures from it showed it was sparsely attended and almost everybody they looked like a fed and there was that picture of all those guys dressed just alike <laughs> that everybody was calling them feds somebody took those guys and photoshopped them at a pta meeting that's <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> and hello fellow parents with children who are concerned about school curriculum <laughs> well you know what this is right this is a desperate these school board people have been found out they've been they've yes. been poisoning your children for decades and suddenly they're getting found out and they thought they had complete and utter autonomy they thought that they were immune from your anything you want immune from you you didn't yeah. matter you're not the customer you don't matter they they thought that they were untouchable and they are befuddled and terrified at the idea that you can go to a sport uh, a board meeting and yell at them and call them marxists and mock them for the nazis they are and say all sorts of things about how you're going to get rid of them from the school board and they're going to get voted out and they're teaching critical race theory or what critical race theory tells them to teach kids and how horrible they are, you can call them out and you can say a bunch of nasty, mean things in public because you have freedom of speech and you can say all that stuff that you want. Obviously you can't actually physically threaten someone or actually harm them physically, but you don't need the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security for that. The, the sheriff will arrest you for doing that. Like 
local law enforcement can take care of that. You know, you don't call in the FBI because, uh, hey, there's a bar fight, right? <laughs> but like, these are okay. the upside. These are the upside down times that we're in. And I sent you one more image. I know it's a pain to put images up there. I sent you two more. But well, you know why they're going to the feds? Why? My guess is they're going to the feds because the local law enforcement isn't responding yeah. to them. Because there's no credible threat. Because there's not a crime going on. There's no credible threat. If you had a credible threat, make it known. I, I was asking people on Twitter. They were like, oh, but they're threatening school boards. Really? Where? Show me. And they gave me a video where two different videos where the people were saying, we're going to come after you. Not violent. He even said, not violently. We're going to vote you out. And I'm like, yeah, he said, not violently. We mean we're going to vote you out. He explicitly said we're coming after you. He even said we're coming after you politically and we're coming after you financially. We're going to boycott you. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Okay. This is just in case you're confused. Um, if you're at home, it's an image up on top of the riots and fires and people out in the street during uh, the George Floyd protests in Minneapolis. And it says peaceful protests. And then down below, there are some parents protesting masks with signs that say mask optional. And uh, that's uh, domestic terrorism. Just so you're clear. Right. Right. <laughs> Just so you're clear. That's where we live. Yes, anyway. it is. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, you know, the, the mistake they made was, if they've, if they've made a mistake here, uh, you know, I guess history will tell us because if they ultimately just win, maybe their mistakes don't matter. But the mistake they made was the pandemic was great for them to seize power. They could like totally, totally seize more power and do all that. Um, but and, and the CRT thing was bubbling up and they, you know, they used the George Floyd thing to kind of push some more uh, critical theory and racism. Um, the problem is they did them at the same time so that your kid was learning CRT remotely at home and you yes. got to watch, right? Like they should have separated them a little bit. They should have done, yeah. they should have done the, the, the pandemic thing first and then rolled out the CRT once kids were back in school and you couldn't see them or whatever. They, they made a mistake and they, they let you see what was going on. You got to watch the sausage being made and you are horrified that what was going into the sausage was rat poison. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they can, pay the price. I mean, I don't know. I, I look at this and I just think it's got to be because sheriffs are, or whatever, just they're not responding, right? They're, they're calling the sheriff and they're saying, so-and-so yelled at me and intimidated me. And the sheriff's like, you know, nothing happened was illegal. And so they're running to Biden and saying, can you use the Patriot Act against these domestic terrorists? And by the way, Biden said, yes. Biden said, yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> I uh there's one other, I know we don't have time we're already almost at two hours we have to read Sorry, the rest we have of some super, super chats, chats. Yeah. but I saw this really funny CNN headline this weekend that I just had to hit Clifton Duncan retweeted this I saw it CNN says this is an actual headline with vaccination rates only inching forward slowly the federal government is trying a new marketing tactic fear <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the Catholics have this new thing called communion. <laughs> I thought you would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> a new marketing tactic. Who said that? CNN? CNN. 
they're trying a new marketing tactic for the vaccine. It's called fear. <laughs> Next week, they're going to say, they're trying a new marketing tactic. It's called censorship and propaganda. <laughs> I wonder if this will work. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. A new marketing tactic. I mean, I, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, right, thank you guys for hanging out chats. with us today. <laughs> yeah, let's let's finish by reading a couple of super chats. Super okay. Iron Bob says, uh, to channel Amy Therese, who I don't know, Mama Bear is a Nam is Nambla leftism. Okay. I think I get that. Uh I don't want to explain to anyone what Nambla is. Who uh, doesn't get it, yeah. Marie Busky says, So if the woke are all about minorities and the oppressed. What about the unvaxxed? Oh, not those minorities impressed. Right, yeah, because they're wrong, Marie. That's, you don't understand they're wrong. Uh, Eric Grooms says, would you guys mind breaking down the January 6th ordeal? I've heard so much trash, I have no idea what any of it was about. Uh, probably not on this show, but- Not on this I mean, show, but we can do that. Yeah, it, it's- In summary, it was a protest. That was slightly violent because they broke some stuff and went inside because they were angry. And it's been characterized as an actual coup attempt and an insurrection yeah. when, in fact, it was more peaceful than most of the BLM protests in major cities that we saw during most of 2020. Much more peaceful. And it wasn't like I think it, it was just a, peaceful. It was right. a protest mostly of uh, what I would call like MAGA tourist types and normies who went there because they were upset and believed that there was mass election fraud. And I believe there was some suspicious characters who encouraged and were very happy to let them inside the Capitol so they could get pictures and talk about. Yeah, there was definitely some glowies involved. Yeah. Who the glowies were, we don't know. But we could talk um, about that sometime. Uh, Liberty Solution says treason. Did we read this one? No, we didn't. Oh, the lawnmower again. You read it. All right. Well, I'm going to read Craig Litton's first because I'm reading them in order. Craig Litton says, an unintended consequence of the pandemic and remote schooling is that parents got to see some of what was going on in the classrooms, then CRT too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Craig, um, hi. Craig made that image. I think he made that image of the glowies at the PTA meeting. Oh, he did? Awesome. Nice job, Craig. Um, Liberty Solutions says, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or adhering to their enemies and giving them aid and comfort. Article three. Ah, huh. So, well, <laughs> what do you do when the enemies are in control of the government? Hmm. Uh, Eric Grooms says, that's about as much as I figured it was actually about. Yeah, okay, well, we can. I guess we could go into more, but that's about it, Eric, so there you go. Um, all right, I think we, we did it. We caught up on Super Chats, we are good. I've got one uh, final image that actually Craig made this image and I think it okay. would be fun to end on. So I know it sucks to put up images. I apologize. It but sucks to put up images? Why? I thought, isn't it hard to put oh, up images? Oh, just for Beverly. She'll yeah. Be used to it. Sorry, Beverly. <laughs> Do you see it? Oh, God. <laughs> it's Biden sniffing Tiger. <laughs> it's just... Tiger doesn't... Is Tiger liking it or not? He looks happy. It does. 
Sorry, that's just fun. That made me laugh. I, it was just for me. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. It's you know it's elder abuse at this point. I I'm I mean yes let's go Brandon but uh, also I mean it it's it's elder abuse. It's elder abuse. I don't think he knows what the hell's going on. Um. All right, Carter. It's been a joy, and <laughs> it's been a joy. Maybe the next time I see you, you will be a father of two. Possibly, possibly. Um. I'm planning still to do Dangerous Thoughts on Wednesday evening, but if it doesn't happen, you'll know why. Uh, but it's still planned. So uh, do we have any other shows coming out? I don't know if we do. Beverly can tell me if we do. But otherwise, we will see you on Friday for Coffee Free Break. And Book Club who's on. is October 24th. Text it by Daniel Miller. You still have time to read it and join us. It's not too thick. Look. Yeah. Plenty of time. Um... And thank you right. for hanging out with us today. And thank you for everyone who contributes financially. If you're interested in doing that, you can go to unsafespace.com to the donate page. There's all different ways to contribute and um, you can like and share. And I saw some people in chat today said they were unsubscribed from our channel. That happens pretty frequently. I was unsubscribed. So just hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Thank you guys. Yeah, that does happen. Assuming there's a channel. We appreciate the subscriptions. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Bye, Carrie. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and scheduled for ideological vaccination. To avoid cancellation, please update your ideological contact tracing app on your smart device immediately. Here's a fun fact. Only vaccinated black lives matter. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake. <laughs>